Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu We are now in the 8th night of the Mubarak month of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give everyone the tawfiq of tasting from its sweetness and the companionship not of the creation, but that we should read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be with him through its recitation by day and by night. Um, remember, there's a hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa in which the first part of Ramadan is described as mercy, and the second part is described as forgiveness, and the third side is, or the third uh, uh, part of it is uh, described as uh, manumission from from the subjugation of the fire. So remember that even in Ramadan, there's a time for everything, and every moment has its unique barakah and its unique uh, prize that it will give to the one who capitalizes on it and makes use of it. So make dua and make effort in the day and you'll get a different reward from making effort in the night make effort in the first part and you'll get a different reward from your effort in the middle and in the end uh, make your effort uh, in different times and receive different rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed this Ramadan is uh, a gift from Allah ta'ala that, that someone like myself doesn't deserve but someone like myself is uh, not so foolish to not take advantage of or not be grateful for. Uh, it's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَلِلَّهِ عُتَقَاءُ مِنَ النَّارِ وَذَلِكَ كُلُّ لَيْلَىٰ وَكَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ that Allah Ta'ala there are certain people He will He will free them from the fire He'll manumit them from the from the yoke of the fire and that happens every night so may Allah Ta'ala make us from the utaqah of this night and may Allah Ta'ala uh, make us from those who seek uh, Allah's rida and His pleasure and His good grace uh, in every night and every day of Ramadan and every moment. Maybe we will keep asking Allah Ta'ala uh, with such regularity that uh, it will become a habit and it will extend to outside of Ramadan. And maybe the fact that we keep asking will be the sign that Allah Ta'ala has has accepted the dua. Uh, Allah Ta'ala make all of us so fortunate. So we continue the recounting of the Mubarak Seerah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If not for any other reason than to know about him allows us to love him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Ya Bunayi, وَذَلِكَ مِن سُنَّتِي فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي فَقَدْ أَحَبَّنِي he said to Sayyidina Anas bin Malik anhu, Know that this is my sunnah or my dear son And whoever loves my sunnah That person has loved me And whoever loves me will be with me in Jannah Allah Ta'ala make us all, of, all from those Who have sincere love for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, And have his ma'iyah in this world and in the hereafter have his, Be with him in this world and the hereafter uh, by, by Allah Ta'ala's fadl and by his grace and this is just one facet of his being rahmatul lil alameen that Allah Ta'ala made him such that anyone who has a sound fitrah inside of them would love him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, uh, by loving him 
a great a great uh, a, a, a mass of people will enter into Allah's ni'mah and ridwan and jannah forever and ever uh, and Allah Ta'ala made it so easy Allah Ta'ala made it so easy Allah Ta'ala make us from those who love him sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the eighth year of his Mubarak Hijrah sallallahu alayhi wasallam his son Ibrahim was born from uh, Maria al-Qibtiyah uh, he was born and he uh, lived to enough of an age that uh, he was able to uh, uh, kind of walk around and recognize and say some words and then Allah Ta'ala took him back uh, alayhi salam the son of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam Ibrahim and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was very grieved uh, but then again he was mutawasilul ahzan a severe grief that would have destroyed another man and would have thrown him off the track uh, 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 in each instance the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he drank it inside of his heart and uh, uh, adopted the same patience that he uh, sometimes asked his companions to go through um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised his rank every single time for it. In the month of Jumad al-Ula, uh, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu went to, anhum went to war uh, against a very large Roman army. This was the very famous battle of Mu'ta. The incident which sparked this battle was the killing of Harith bin Umair radiallahu ta'ala anhum. 3,000 Sahaba radiallahu anhum were sent to battle against the Roman army which numbered more than 100,000. In the view of the great odds against them, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were somewhat apprehensive. Some of them advised that reinforcements be called from Medina before embarking on the attack. But the majority of the companions opposed this proposal uh, and opposed the idea of delaying attack. They were confident of Allah Ta'ala's aid. In this battle, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had entrusted the flag to Sayyidina Zayd radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This is the Zayd who was gifted to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as a slave by Sayyidina Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And it later turned out that he was, was not born a slave, rather he was treacherously uh, captured and kidnapped and sold falsely as a slave. Uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam actually uh, um, met the father of Zayd bin Haritha who came to him in Makkah Mukarramah and explained to him the situation and said that I've been looking all throughout the Arabian Peninsula for my son uh, and I recognize this is an unfortunate situation so allow me to pay he was one of the noblemen of the Arabs he said allow me to pay you what his price was and co co compensate you and give me my son back please the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam being a just man and being a man uh, uh, whose heart was filled with love he said that we will bring the boy and allow him to choose if he chooses to go with you, you may have him without uh, needing to give any recompense. And if he chooses to stay with me, allow him to stay with me. And uh, Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, showing love and respect to his father, uh, um, honored him uh, and acknowledged him, but then said that this is a person, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this is a person that uh, regardless of whatever happened, I would never leave him. And he was generally speaking, Sayyidina Zayd bin Haritha uh, was from amongst the companions during his lifetime. Uh, he was from the senior ones. And generally the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you read the seerah, there are many times in which he is sent as the commander of the army when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not, is not present with the army. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had entrusted the 
flag to Sayyidina Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa loved as a son, and he loved the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa as a father. Uh, may Allah ta'ala be pleased with him. Uh, with the instruction that in the uh, event of Sayyidina Zayd, uh, uh, his martyrdom, Sayyidina Ja'far uh, ibn Abi Talib should be appointed the Emir. Ja'far ibn Abi Talib is the brother of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And uh, uh, from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, one of those who were the most like the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his physical appearance and one of the closest of his relatives sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the event of him too being martyred, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Rawaha should assume uh, uh, the uh, command. If he too is martyred, then the Muslims should then appoint as their commander whoever they wish. A Jew who was listening to this conversation commented that these people, three people will most certainly be martyred. He had based his conclusion uh, on uh, uh, similar instructions given by former uh, prophets. These instructions implied that the events summarized will definitely happen. Meaning that he knew that the Messenger of Allah was the Prophet of Allah and that he wouldn't have mentioned this amount of detailed instruction if it wasn't going to come to pass. Thus as it happened, that these three stalwarts of Islam were martyred and Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid who became the commander of the army. This is the uh, 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 noble character of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that when he would ask the Muslims to go out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first people he would send forth are his relatives and his family members and those who were closest to him. This happened in the Battle of Badr as well when the Mushrikeen step forward three of them in order to challenge the Muslims to single combat the Ansar anhum, who formed the bulk of the Muslim army without missing a beat uh, 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 went forth to answer the challenge because they took the cause of Islam personally when the Mushrikeen were amazed and had no idea who these people are that came to answer the challenge they told them to go back so we have no problem with you we came to fight our own uh, kinsmen that rebelled against us so the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sent his cousin, the son of uh, Al-Harith bin Abdul Muttalib, uh, and he sent Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, his first cousin as well, and he sent Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the brother of his father, to go and fight. And here also Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't just throw the Sahaba radiallahu anhum into a, a suicide mission. Rather, he sent his own blood and he sent the one who was like a son to him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and all of them, they gave the ultimate sacrifice for the sake of Islam. Allah Ta'ala elevate their rank amongst the shuhada, and Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with the love of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, who were those who answered the, the call of the Messenger of Allah, and answered the command of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, without hesitation. As if the love of the Prophet ﷺ carried them to doing things that normal people were unable to do. Thus, as it happened, these three were martyred. And Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid anhu, who had recently become Muslim, was appointed commander of the army. The appointed appointment of Sayyidina Khalid anhu turned the tide against the Romans. The Muslims swept through the uh, Roman force like a hurricane. In this battle, Sayyidina Khalid radiallahu ta'ala anhu changed his sword nine times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. There are such people in the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as well. 
by the barakah of those people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised from amongst us those who have this zeal and fervor as well and those who also won't stop when, uh, uh, when their tools break but those who go back again and again those people who are karar and la farrar those people who are not the ones who run away but the ones who come back again and again in view of the abundance of blood his sword repeatedly became uh, ineffective Finally, the Roman army was decisively defeated. Only 12 Muslims were martyred afterward. The Muslim army returned victorious to Medina Munawwara. The idea was that there was a, a huge Roman invasion uh, on the brink of, of breaching the borders of Arabia. And Rasulullah sent this band of Sahaba عنهم, to go and stop them. In the initial uh, uh, in the initial uh, uh, engagement, uh, the commanders were martyred, and thereafter, when the uh, ikhtiar came to Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid radiAllahu anhu, um, which shows that he was newly converted to Islam, it showed that the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum were people who valued merit rather than seniority. Because in terms of seniority, he was the most junior of them, radiAllahu ta'ala anhum, but he was the one who was most talented in uh, the art of war. And Allah ta'ala gave him a creative genius which he had used uh, earlier in the battle of Uhud against the Muslims and now he would use in the battle of, in the battle of Mu'tah. That what he did was he effected a tactical retreat, then he pitched camp and he ordered the uh, companions, radiAllahu anhum, each of them to light a fire uh, so that the enemy spies, when they'd see the number of fires, they would overestimate how many Muslims there were there. Were there. Then when the morning broke, they, they had effected a retreat to, uh, retreat to uh, a place that's obscured by a hill. And he ordered them to march in circles behind the hill so that it looked like more and more reinforcements were coming and amassing and uh, ready to prepare attack. And he would just send out, uh, he would just send out skir skirmishes from there. And when the Romans saw that these small number of people fight so hard, and uh, there's more and more of them coming, their generals uh, decided to effect a retreat, uh, and the, uh, uh, the 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 borderlands of the Arabian Peninsula were uh, were saved and spared from uh, uh, Roman invasion. This is undoubtedly the genius Allah Subhanahu wa Taala invested. Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid with that mashallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a talent from before and when it was combined with Iman those people who have military history that goes back thousands of years those people who studied the tactics of Hannibal who led an army through the uh, through Gaul and through Spain and through the Alps uh, having uh, whatever weird elephants cross over uh, uh, mountain passes and things like that and uh, uh, very, uh, uh, very fine military traditions. Uh, those generals themselves, they uh, came up shortchanged in front of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Allah ta'ala be pleased with them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us from whatever faith that he gave them. Even a small amount should be sufficient inshallah for the good of this world and the hereafter. Radiallahu ta'ala anhum. From the time that the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ was built until this year, the eighth year, there was no mimbar or pulpit in the masjid. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ would stand on flat ground leaning against a date tree trunk. 
when delivering his khutbah. One of the women of the Ansar said that her slave was a good carpenter. If permission was given, she would instruct him to make a pulpit. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, consulted the companions. It was decided that a, a member was made. The slave Maymun who built the member, who built the pulpit, uh, is 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 uh, his name is documented in history. Allah Taala be pleased with him. The timber for the member was bought from uh, brought from uh, uh, Ghaba, a forest uh, uh, that was about nine uh, nine miles from Medina Munawwara. After the member was prepared, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam no longer leaned against the date tree trunk, unable to bear the separation. The trunk cried profusely. And uh, through supernatural means, Allah Ta'ala allowed the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to hear its cry. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam descended from his uh, new pulpit and placed his blessed hand on the tree trunk, which was sobbing like a child. The tree trunk was then consoled by the most noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The author of the Hiyaulum al-Din, Imam Ghazali, ta'ala, said that after the Messenger of Allah وسلم, passed from this world, Sayyidina Umar anhu, was found crying and saying, O Messenger of Allah, may my father and mother be sacrificed for you. A tree trunk on which you would lean before the building of your pulpit cried on account of being separated from you. You then came and consoled it with your blessed hand. O Rasulullah, your ummah deserves to cry more than a tree trunk over your separation. This is also a sign of the kamal, of the, the kamal and perfection of the Sufiq maqam of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. That their love for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi was so complete that these are things that nobody else would have thought of but the one who was truly an ashik of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Even in small, mundane, day-to-day things, it would make them remember him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. On the 10th year, uh, on the 10th of Ramadan in this year, uh, in the 8th year of Hijra, the most noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam set off from Medina Munawwara with 10,000 of his companions to conquer Mecca Mukarramah. On route to Mecca, another 2,000 joined the army. Abu Sufyan, Hudayl bin Waraqah, when Hakim bin Hizam entered the Muslim army surreptitiously on a spying mission. However, Sayyidina Umar ta'ala anhu arrested them and presented them to the Messenger of Allah Here in the court of the Most Noble Prophet wasallam, they once again observed the scene of tolerance and forgiveness. They were greatly influenced and touched by the attitude of the Messenger of Allah wasallam. Allah Ta'ala at last had granted them the tawfiq of accepting Islam. On the morning of the 18th of Ramadan, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, entered Makkah Mu'azzama, seated on his she-camel. He was reciting the ayat of Surah Al-Fatih. His head bowed in humility. He entered Makkah Mukarramah as an embodiment of, the, of gratitude to Allah Most High. And so the ayat of Surah Al-Fatih were being recited, and the Sahaba عنهم, then realized that they were revealed at the time of Hudaybiyah, and this uh, ar- this uh, victory was architected on that day, and it was coming to fruition on this one. The Prophet وسلم, his amnesty and forgiveness of his enemies on that day is something that there is no uh, nadir of, there is no rival or peer 
uh, in the act of any king or any uh, general or any commander uh, in the history of mankind. It's easy when you are uh, subjugated and when you are yourself getting beaten down to forgive your enemies. It's not easy, but it's easier. The test of the person who their inside, their zahir and their batin is clean, is not when they're weak and powerless and they forgive. Rather, when Allah Ta'ala gives them power over their enemies and the power to take vengeance, and on that day you see uh, how much they're able to restrain their anger. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't even need to restrain any negativity inside of him because there was no negativity inside of him in the first place. You see that it's not that Abu Sufyan is dragged to him and he said, I should this and that to you. And No, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam inside of his, inside of his uh, Mubarak heart it was like a galaxy, it was like a creation inside of the creation. All of it peaceful, all of it filled with tranquility and peace. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he gave generously on that day. Even those people who were not to be given amnesty, even those people, whoever from amongst them came later on and, and made peace with the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave them he gave them peace without without uh, chastising them afterward thereafter rather he honored them and accommodated them sallallahu alaihi wasallam you'll never see you'll never see anybody has done this in history except for the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam even those muslims who did it afterward how would we have known that this is conduct worthy of 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 a noble person or how would we have known that this is conduct worthy of uh, of 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 lofty uh, uh, persons if we hadn't seen him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, do it. May Allah Taala, uh, may Allah Taala have mercy. Uh, may Allah Taala have mercy on this ummah and exalt the rank of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Jazallahu anna Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Mahu ahlu alaihi salam. This is something unique and a singular event in 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 human history, and it shows how complete how complete the 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 perfection of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was inwardly and outwardly and how the two of them conform, conformed with one another that nobody ever when given that type of ability to take vengeance will ever uh, give that clean of a forgiveness uh, at the most people restrain their anger Rasulullah wasallam, he had no anger for his own nafs that he needed to forgive on that day those who submitted to the deen of Allah Ta'ala rather than it being a, a, an opportunity for the messenger of Allah wasallam, to suppress anger inside rather it was a, an occasion of joy and happiness uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam that that thing that he wanted from day one which was that everybody should say la ilaha illallah and everyone should say muhammad or rasulullah and by it allah ta'ala should give them the honor of this world and the hereafter that's the thing that he wanted all along and that's the thing he claimed he wanted all along and allah ta'ala gave it to him and so many people in the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam we don't even want it for other people or for the people of the ummah or for others or for our own family members or our own people we get into petty disputes and squabbles with uh, much less for 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 those people who are uh, uh, trapped in the in the in the in the black abyss of kufr, and those who make the claim, Allah knows best how many of them the claim is sincere, how sincere it is, how pure it is. Allah knows best, but this is a high standard that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam left behind for us. So the 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 the, the shair says, "Fakhla inna alayni injta ila." That leave your leave your sandals behind when you get to this this uh, uh, this uh, neighborhood. Why? Because this part of town is the part that we consider to be sacred. 
Meaning what? Just like you don't take your shoes into the masjid with you. The one who wishes to go into the divine proximity, that one has to leave the, 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 their dirty shoes of their nafs behind. Uh, it's not allowed. Uh, it's not allowed into the sacred and divine proximity uh, in such a dirty state. Rather, a person has to leave all of that garbage behind if they want to be admitted into the court. Of course, these are very high lofty words. And I'm reading about the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Anybody maybe is listening and they know me personally. They say, well, you're the first one who gets angry and wants to smash heads when you get upset. And I'm guilty as charged. But, uh, you know, even a person whose state is as broken and messed up as my own uh, has to look at the... The, the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and marvel and say, this is something Allah Ta'ala created. This is something better than anything else we've ever seen or heard of it uh, in our lives. This is something that if I want to, if I want to be a good person, this is the way to be. This is the gold standard. This is hitting the, the, the bullseye. This is hitting, you know, the arrow hitting right on the mark. Um, there is no uh, deviation in this left or right. This is the thing that we love the most. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq even though we're not worthy. The Battle of Hunayn also took place in this year. The Bedouin tribes of Hawazin uh, allied with Thaqif. Thaqif was, is the people of Ta'if. Deemed it expedient to attack the Muslims uh, in the aftermath of the Fath of Mecca. Uh, they thought, look, Quraysh just uh, went down. This is our chance. Maybe we can get one up on them. They assembled in a place called Hunayn and prepared for battle. When the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was informed of this move, he set off on the 6th of Shawwal with 12,000 men uh, uh, for Hunayn. And this was a very, uh, a very a different circumstance in the sense that this was a very prepared army and it was a very large army that the Muslims were moving with. They were uh, accustomed to being the underdogs in, the, in, 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 in their martial uh, uh, excursions. Uh, here they, they had a, a very powerful army that was more than matched uh, for the army they were fighting. The Muslims on this occasion felt a measure of overconfidence because of their large numbers and equipment. Some of them, in fact, became uh, proud, having reposed their reliance on their material superiority. Allah, Allah Ta'ala, who is independent, and Al-Ghani, uh, Al the one who is independent of need, disapproved of this attitude. As a lesson to them, Allah Most High inflicted a temporary defeat on them in the initial stage of the battle. Their ranks were broken and they were dispersed in disarray. Finally, Allah Most High gave the Muslims victory, and by the barakah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the Sahaba عنهم, regrouped and gained a decisive victory. It said inside of, inside of the battle that the family of the Prophet وسلم, were those who kept advancing, that were not uh, thrown into disarray, as well as the close companions of the Messenger of Allah. Rasulullah said on the field of battle, Ana Nabiyul Kadhib, Ana Abdul Muttalib. I am a prophet, it's no lie, and I am the son of Abdul Muttalib, who was a celebrated chieftain of the Arabs, uh, 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 to show uh, that, that this was uh, something that they had uh, legitimacy in, that Allah Ta'ala would give them victory. Sayyidina Abbas Ta'ala Anhu was uh, also a new convert to Islam. He also converted on the dawn of the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah, and he was also uh, said to be in the thick of battle even uh, during disarray. The Muslim army thereafter laid siege to Ta'if, where Banu Thaqif, who hatched uh, this plot, uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, resident. And the siege lasted 18 days. There was one, Urwat ibn Mas'ud al-Thaqafi, 
who was uh, uh, from the people of Ta'if and he had accepted Islam. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he pleaded with him, let me go to my people and tell them to see the light of day so that they can uh, leave the siege and uh, they can uh, um, they can leave the siege and, and they can surrender and, and accept Islam. Rasulullah warned him against it, but he insisted. And so he allowed him to go. And his people treacherously martyred him, uh, uh, despite the fact that he was an envoy of the Messenger of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and raise his rank. Uh, Rasulullah commented about him that he was uh, like the man described in. Uh, in Surah Yasin, Ya Laita Qawmi Ya'lamuna Bima Ghafara Li Rabbi Wa Ja'alani Minal Mukrameen Oh, who was it that my people knew on this occasion how my Lord has forgiven me and how my Lord has made me from amongst those He's honored. <laughs> After 18 days of the siege, uh, uh, it was, uh, it, it fell it was announced that whoever left the fortifications would be freed about uh, 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 18 days after uh, Rasulullah left the siege and returned. He went to Ja'irana, uh, uh, which is a place right outside of the, the uh, Haram of Makkah Mukarramah, and performed Umrah on the 24th of Al Qa'dah. After this Umrah, he went back to Medina Munawwara. And there were those amongst the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum who, uh, after the fath had happened, they had angst about the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that maybe he would now return home to Makkah Mukarramah and he would leave them. And this uh, angst came forward in a number of ways. Uh, and when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was informed about it, he uh, he gathered the Ansar of the Allah Taala anhum, and he consoled them, and he said to them that if it wasn't that Allah Taala had given me the the station of being the one who makes hijra in the path of Allah Taala, I myself would have chosen to be one of the Ansar. And he said that if the Ansar go one side, uh, one way, and everybody else goes the other way, I would have gone with the Ansar. And he says, what is it to you that other people will leave with? War treasure, because the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam al-qulub, in order to make the new converts uh, firm in their deen, and in order to make those who hadn't yet accepted Islam uh, uh, have a good feeling toward deen and accept Islam, he gave them larger portions of the ghanima of the of the war treasure that was uh, taken from the, the decisive victory in Hunain. Uh, and the Ansar of the Allah who were wondering is, does this mean that in the future the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam will will uh, prefer them over uh, prefer them over us? The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam consoled the Ansar of the Allah anhum, and he asked him a simple question: that what does it mean to you that other people will go home with gold and silver and with sheep and goats? And you'll go home with the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And wallahi, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam made wafa to his promise that until the yawm al-qiyamah, his Mubarak person will be there in Medina Munawwara. So that whoever wishes to say salam to him will have to pass through the Mubarak earth of the Ansar.
And even in times that are as strange as these are, to put it lightly, that one place is a consolation and a happiness for every broken heart. And it's a lesson for us as well that there's a lot of things that are part of Islam and then there's a lot of stuff that's just like Islam industry. Someone may study for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but not be given a good job or a good position. Someone may do service for the sake of Allah ta'ala and not be recognized. Someone may, uh, 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 someone may sacrifice for the sake of deen and not be appreciated. And there are other people who because of Islam, they're going to become rich and they're going to become famous and they're going to become appreciated and they're going to open businesses that are successful and they're going to become recognized and they're going to get whatever Twitter followers and Facebook, they're going to get all of this stuff. And the fact of the matter is what the Messenger of Allah himself, he pointed this out to the Ansar that what does it mean? That, that that other people will go home with sheep and goats and you're going to go home with the Messenger of Allah. That there is a, a, a reward for the service of the deen which is khalis, that's pure and that doesn't have any ishraf or expectation for any other material goods. If it happens, alhamdulillah, mashallah, Allah ta'ala put barakah in for you. But what is your choice? Would you rather have one or the other? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you on account of which one of the two that you would have chosen had you had that choice. And this is something that the mashayikh of the tariqah, they were always they're always attuned to and they were always sensitive to. Uh, there's a, 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 a in the Kashful Mahjub, Data Saab, he, he writes that uh, uh, the Sheikh Dawood al-Ta'i, whose name appears in the Silsila Aliya of the, uh, of the Tariqah Qadiriyah, that he is uh, uh, one of the pious people of the Salaf, universally celebrated. And he was the uh, disciple of Habib al-A'jami, who was the disciple of Sayyidina al-Hassan al-Basri, a well-celebrated person by, by, by all in the, uh, in the history of, of, of Islam, the intellectual and the spiritual history of Islam. And uh, Dawood al-Ta'i, it said that after Imam Abu Hanifa passed away, <laughs> He used to show great honor to Imam Muhammad and he used to avoid meeting uh, Qadi Abu Yusuf. And when asked why, he said, uh, why, why does he show such dramatically different protocol to uh, these two mashayikh who are ostensibly the, the, you know, they follow the same madhab and they're the students of the same sheikh. Uh, he said, because I knew, I knew Abu Yusuf. He came to, the, came to Abu Hanifa with nothing. He was completely broke. Abu Hanifa paid for his studied studies, and through this knowledge, he sir, he amassed a great amount of wealth and a great amount of power and a great amount of fame. He said, "I uh, he said that that I'm you know," and he wasn't saying anything bad or evil about uh, Qadi Abu Yusuf. Rather, he just took a bad sign from it. It unsettled him, made him feel unsettled inside. And he said that I knew uh, uh, Muhammad. That he was Imam Muhammad bin Hassan al Shaybani. He was a wealthy. He 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 was a wealthy person. His father was a nobleman from the Arabs, and he left behind four hundred thousand dirhams as a a a mirath, as a, a share and in inheritance for him. Uh, and he said that he spent all of it in the path of Allah Taala, in order to study ilm and gather ilm 
to the point where most of his life afterward, he was completely destitute and broke. He had absolutely nothing. Because of his seeking knowledge, he had all of the dunya in the world and he gave all of it up. And he now lives as a zahid. He lives as a uh, as an ascetic with, with absolutely nothing. And he said that he takes a very good sign from that. Uh, and this is also part of our tariqah. Obviously, we don't have any ill feeling toward Qadi Abu Yusuf or people who, in general who are materially successful. But we see that there is a type of perfection and a type of uh, uh, beauty in the one who gives everything they have for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and they don't expect any material uh, benefit in this world. And worldly people just don't get that. They just like feel like I should say La ilaha illallah and pray five times a day and like Allah Ta'ala owes me so he, I should have a nice car and a nice house or nice job, become a doctor or whatever, right? And the idea is this, is that those things, if they happen, they happen. But but the most pure manifestation and the most uh, 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 clear manifestation that makes the heart feel uh, uh, coolness inside is when you do something for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and it's absolutely stark nothing you get back in this world. Uh, it's a sign that inshallah you'll get back what you're uh, what, what you're getting from Allah Ta'ala in the hereafter. Inshallah, uh, unadulterated. It's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the one who goes out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and he returns home uh, uh, victorious and uh, uh, and alive uh, and with his ghanima with uh, war treasure enriched with war treasure that person has received two-thirds of their reward for their act in this world uh, and they'll only receive one-third of the act in the hereafter the sahaba radiallahu anhum asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ya rasulullah that's what we thought going out in the path of allah was supposed to be and you're saying that that's those are people they only get one-third of their reward they said, if that's the case, then who's the one who gets the complete reward? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man uqira jawaduhu wa uhrika damuhu. The one that his blood was spilt and his horse gets killed as well. That's the one who Allah Ta'ala will give the full reward to. And so victory and, fa- and defeat are in the hands of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and He gives them to us out of His hikmah, out of His, uh, out of his wisdom. But they're only small. In the big picture, this path of ours, it's nothing except for victory. It's nothing except for uh, except for uh, 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 a triumph and 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 overcoming uh, uh, those odds that seem insurmountable through the power of Allah Taala. However, there are temporary uh, small setbacks, uh, and the one who uh, gives the most for the sake of Allah Taala and sacrifices the most for the sake of Allah, that's the person who will have the highest maqam and the greatest share. And if Allah gives a person that maqam and then also gives them from this world as well. That's his choice. Uh, his uh, Allah Ta'ala Zat is Beniyaz. He has absolutely no need for anybody. He gives to whoever he wills, however he wills in this world and in the hereafter. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give us from his fadl and go easy on us because we're weak. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give us from the love of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Such a tonic that, that makes us impervious to the, the hurt and the pain of this world and uh, gives us the ability to have the vision to see further than uh, the mundane are able to see. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.